Hello and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Thursday, November 16th, 2017. I'm Alex Kalafi, joining you live from Boston. Uh, also joined by my friend from Canada, Donald Terrio. Hello. Hello. Um, if I randomly go silent or disappear for a moment, it's because somebody poisoned my mutt. You have been sick for like three of the past seven shows, I feel. Yeah. And it, <laughs> and I thought I had finally gotten over it, and then it flared back up on a day off, like it always does. So is this allergies? Is it two different colds? I think it's two different colds. Yeah, okay. But, but I went through like a like two-thirds of a pack of these today. Cough what? drops. So, so uh, it's sore throats? Or is sore throat a big thing for you right now? Yeah. Okay. Here's so I can actually give you some advice on this because I am a whiz of sore throats. Also, going to introduce our other our other co-host today, Justin Bruby. Hello. What's up, guys? Uh, so for once, I'm actually going to provide some useful information on this show, and I'm going to say, hey, if you have a sore throat, uh, naproxen sodium, otherwise known as a leave, I keep some actually by my bedside as kind of a uh, as a pain medication. It is good for headaches and sore throats. You wouldn't think it's good for okay. sore throats, but take two before you go to bed and then take one every eight hours after that. And then it takes care of it, I think, better than anything else. I think the spray works well. And if you're going to get cough drops and uh, what's what's the most common brand of cough drops I'm trying to think of? It's the one that's in the bag. Uh... Anyways, probably get, different up here anyway. Yeah. Max strength cough drops. The one that like hurt to put in your mouth. Those are the best ones to use for a sore throat. Yeah. Um, but anyways, naproxen sodium, a.k.a. Aleve, is is the recommended treatment of choice as someone who hates sore throats more than just about anything in this world. Okay. We have just a little bit of news this week. We'll have a little bit of what we've been playing at the end of the show. We're going to push the telethon uh, a little bit. And then I guess the, the right thing to start off with is that Super Mario Odyssey is the best-selling game in November, isn't it, Donald? Yeah, it's it was the best-selling individual game of October in the U.S., according to the MPD Group, who put their uh, monthly game of Number Wang out tonight. Uh, we had Mar- Mario Odyssey was number one in the single format, and number three because it couldn't beat the combined sales for PS4 and Xbox One of Assassin's Creed Origins and uh, Middle Earth Shadow of Loot Box. Those were one and two combined? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I read that email very quickly. I was hoping that it would be the combined, but I think I think with loot boxes and, and the new Dark Souls economy, I, I don't think there was a chance for a, a new Switch game to beat that in just four days on the market, unfortunately. Still yeah. impressive. Still impressive. It's just... Super Mario Odyssey is an awesome game. Justin and I were talking about how we both 100%ed it before yep. the show. We loved it. Liked it a lot. Uh, I think it's probably one of the best Mario games. Top two or three, maybe. Yeah, Justin? Top what do you, five, what? maybe. Uh, I mean, it's really good. It is really good, but it's, I it's think so uh, Super Mario Brothers is not my number one. Mario 64 is probably still my number two. But uh, it's really hard for those to ever be toppled in my book just because... The place and time you played them. Yeah, place and time where I played them. And, like, 
I know the first one, the first Super Mario Brothers had a huge impact, and it definitely did on me personally. And Super Mario 64 was like a huge event that will probably never be repeated in the history of gaming, where like when people saw that, it was mind blowing. Hmm. Um. I think I, I think also video games are at a very different time. Oh yeah. Now than they were back then, and I I think I. I feel grateful that Super Mario Odyssey exists in a world of the Star Wars Battlefront 2 fiasco fiasco and the loot box issues of the world and the microtransactions. Like, we're almost in a post-microtransaction society right now. And Super Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild, despite whatever flaws they may or may not have, they're still like good old video games. And there's something to be said about that. There sure is. Yeah. They... Like Zelda has its expansion pass, but it's like twenty bucks. It seems like it has a good amount of content. Yeah, and we'll probably get a. We don't know how much content that twenty bucks gets you yet. Yeah, we we know we know some of it, but we don't know the full extent of it. We probably won't find that out until middle of December. Mm. It'll be coming December thirty first. G two Andrews. I was gonna say there. I think there's an event in early December, that'll give us at least the release date, and it should probably be within, like, that week. Sure. Sure. Oh, you're, you're talking about the Game Awards. You think that's when we're going to see some of that? I I think that Zelda is nominated for Game of the Year in that in the Keeleys for a reason, and I look forward to watching for the announcement of the Zelda Breath of the Wild DLC. Breath of the Wild's going to win Game of the Year, right? Not right at, uh, at Game Awards. Regardless, is Mario, is Mario Odyssey in the Game Awards. Yes, it's it's it competing. Is. Yeah, then I, I don't think Zelda deserves it for many oh, reasons. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying who deserves it. Okay. I'm saying who's going to win. From from that panel, the it's either Zelda, Mario, or the game that technically is not out yet. Uh, PUBG. I think the world is turning on PUBG, and I think they have been for a long time. Especially if you talk to the people who really play that game a lot. Granted, a lot of people still love it because it's got two million concurrents. But between all the hacking, between all the complaints people have about how they've evolved the game, but between the fact that it's not even out yet and it won't, it'll be kind of like stumbling to its finish line between the microtransactions, I think people are going to turn on it. And I think this is going to be a battle of the Nintendo games uh, this year. I, I'm also, I'm also low-key predicting the Giant Bomb Awards. <laughs> yeah. I, I I I think for Giant Bomb, I think PUBG wins, but for for the Keelys, I think it's either going to be Zelda or that or PUBG. All right, it's uh, I'm guessing Wolfenstein three, uh, PUBG two, Mario number one. I because you know how the Giant Bomb awards always work. There's always like a number two that Jeff has like a really specific complaint about, and that prevents it from getting number one. Same thing that happened to Doom last year. Anyways, that's not what this show is. I'm just I just think. Uh, Zelda for the Game Awards is going to serve audiences best. Um, for that. Anyways, G2 Andrew, should I sell my PS4 Pro and buy the Switch? You No, you should not sell consoles to buy consoles. You should save money, and then whether it's a year from now or two weeks from now or three years from now, then you should buy a Switch. You should buy a Switch, but you should not sell your PS4 Pro to buy the Switch because there are wonderful games on the PlayStation 4. He later adds, 
I'm scared that this hardware isn't made for hardcore gaming. I think hardcore gaming is not really a term that's relevant in 2017 anymore, but I would also say that PC gaming, if, if you're worried about quote-unquote hardcore gaming, you, you Probably. should have a PC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and with consoles, I think that I have... I've, for the last few years, I've had a hard time playing my console just because I'm moving around location all the time, and the Switch has just been great for me because I can bring it with me easily. So that's always something to consider, too. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for something that's more portable, Switch is the way to go. Plus, I have a laptop that can handle games decently. So that Switch 3DS and my laptop, I, th I feel set. Yep. Odyssey's awesome. Sold a bunch. And uh, I, I'm actually, I plan on mainlining Odyssey in a couple weeks after I finish Pokemon, just so I can get a good feel for what the mainline experience of that game actually is. Because after I grind out enough moons, I've actually removed myself from the original game, I feel like. Justin, did you have the same impression? Uh, the way I tackled the game while playing through it is, I wouldn't leave a world until I couldn't get any more moons in it. And then mm -hmm. I'd like do cleanups because every once in a while, like some more would open up depending on certain things that happen. Yeah. And then uh, I beat the game and I did all the post game stuff. And okay. why I did the post game stuff, I tried not to use the Odyssey at all so I can collect as many moons as possible between warping between worlds. So I had like mm -hmm. a 400 moon turn in at one point when I did everything I could. Jeez. <laughs> And I recorded I, it. I'll post it eventually when everybody's done with the spoiler stuff. But I'm giving the Christmas crew like time to yeah. figure that out. Yeah, Donald, how have you played a good chunk of Mario yet? Uh, I'm I've I've gotten through New Dock City, but just between sickness and various things, I've been a bit, bit, bit too busy to play much of anything aside from like maybe an hour or so of Doom and some stuff for the Talvad. So I need to get I need to get back into it. You like Mario? Yeah, I, I like it, but I'm I'm not yet to the point where I can really start putting it into my ranking of Mario's. Okay, you can't. You, you got to finish it and then chew on it, and then only then yeah. will you know. I still don't know exactly where I think it is. It's just I like it a lot. Uh, Switch sold a lot of units too. SNES Classic sold a real lot of units, but Switch <laughs> sold a lot of units too. Yeah, Switch was number one best-selling console in the U.S. in October. SNES Classic. Number two, beating the PS4 and Xbox One, which is sounds really impressive until you consider the, at most, the SNES Classic is about 40% of the price of an Xbox One. Mm -hmm. yeah. And a lot of people were probably saving this month for the One X. Mm -hmm. yeah. Where did 3DS rank? Uh, probably fifth, sadly. But between the SNES Classic, the Switch, and the 3DS, uh, Nintendo was responsible for two-thirds of all hardware sold in the U.S. in October. That's impressive. I think that's impressive. I think it's impressive considering where Nintendo was a year ago. Yeah. yeah. Where they had <laughs> yeah. one console. Where they effectively had one system on the market. Now they've got... Well, they've got... They've got one they can't keep on the shelves, one that is sort of on the shelves, and one that is doing okay, I guess. And yet, even as the Wii U is allegedly dead, there are Black Friday deals for Wii U games this year, and there are still eShop games coming out in some limited capacity, which I think is very impressive. Mostly from, mostly Konami Virtual Console stuff that came out in Japan three years ago, but hey, we got Lords of Thunder. 
How are those decisions made at Konami? Well, they... Konami's also the people who think they could turn Super Bomberman R into an esports, so <laughs> who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some guy at Konami is probably like, oh, I forgot to flip this switch. <laughs> just chose the wrong console. <laughs> yeah. And now it's just it's just spitting it's it, it got stuck for like six months after they put the first batch out last year and now it's just spitting out one every couple of weeks and eventually they'll run out. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they hopefully they uh go back and do Rondo of Blood though, because that is the one thing I would I would still boot into Wii mode to buy. Believe it or not, I, I played my Wii U tonight just before the show. My brother came over, he wanted to play something multiplayer. So I turned on Mario Kart 8 because I, I don't have the deluxe one. But the Wii U, I'm like, I'm kind of having a bit of a renaissance with. I, I don't have any issues with it. Bayonetta 2 is awesome. Smash is great. Mario's good. You know, it's, it's, I it's the some, Wii U. I want to take some time soon to replay Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I, I need to finish it. I'm like 20 hours into that thing. I, I tried uh, restarting Wonderful 101, and I just couldn't do it. I, I don't know what it was, but something about that game did not click with me immediately. I didn't enjoy that game. It, it felt like you were playing this beat-em-up game, but you had to learn moves out of a fighting game in order to pull stuff off, and it just was too complicated for me to even bother getting into. Yeah. I was, if, on, a, mm-hmm. I was on an extra live stream with Wonderful 101. It did not go well. It, 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 playing that game on the gamepad where you have the touch screen and you have all the buttons and you kind of have to use every button on the gamepad it's not like a mario game where you really just have to use like four uh using the gamepad it, it kind of has that feeling of like rubbing your belly and like scratching your head like, yeah like, you know I, I mean? I, I, i'm getting that same feeling now with a game that i'm reviewing on switch which i actually want to hook up my wii U, see if i can hook up the wii U pro controller to the switch and see if it would handle better there Mm, I bet it would. I bet it would, even just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, I've played. I've. It's a port of a game that I've played before with a uh, with symmetrical sticks and doing some of the commands in that game, which I just put in our little chat room here. Is uh, it's a bit tricky to do when you have offset sticks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. We have some new patches and some games. Uh, Donald, you'll be able to tell better than I will, but I'm going to try to guess at what these are. The arms one, they shadow dropped a new fighter, and they have balance updates. Yeah, and there's also a new stage that goes with the new fighter. What's the fighter's name? Uh, Morago, I believe. Morago, something like that. And it seems like he's, he's kind of uh, not finicky, but he's he's, he's, he's got a, a style to him. Yeah, there there is a there's an omnibus story on the site with just all the patch stuff that came out the last couple of days. Uh, there's a treehouse blog entry link there that sort of goes into detail about how that guy plays. Cool, definitely Fire- worth checking out. Fire Emblem Warriors two new costumes and a history map. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. The um, some patches uh, I guess laying the groundwork for later DLC, but they also added uh, some new costumes and a history map mode for the original characters. Okay. Super Bomberman R is like nine new characters and like a world, right? Yeah. New new single player world, a bunch of new costumes from Konami's deep history that they only seem to want to mine for pachinko machines <laughs> and a and a couple of three on three competitive modes. Are there any microtransactions in that game? As far as I know there isn't. I, I haven't played I, I played it at PAX 
but that's the extent of my knowledge of it. But as far as playing it, but I don't believe they've done the microtransaction thing with that game. I bet Super Bomberman R. I bet they see that as like a goodwill PR thing. That like, look, we're celebrating all our characters in this yeah. game. No microtransactions. It's single player. It's multiplayer. And and, and it, it almost and worked. It, and it shipped like three quarters of a million copies. It seems like. Yeah. Is that is that successful? I feel like it it should be because it's not that complicated of a game. Yeah. For Bomberman, yeah, it would be. Yeah. Um. And Poken, was that the update that had like new modes and stuff in it? Yeah, that's the one that does the camera, the training mode additions, and lets you do team battles online. Okay. 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 So look at that. Games are getting updated. The Switch is alive and well. And I, I feel like if Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is as good as I hope it is, and John Rairdon has a preview on the site where it seems like he enjoys it so far, but there's a lot he can't talk about, uh, this could be like one of the strongest first years of a console ever. I, th- I think it is. Yeah. I can't. I. We still got three more months. Yeah. By the end of the year. Well, you know, the fiscal year, yeah, I can't, I honestly can't think of any console in its first year that, that I would put up against the Switch and say this is comparable, maybe the Super Nintendo, but right. a lot of that stuff got iterated on and upstaged with later versions anyway. Right. If Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is an excellent game, and, and that, that is certainly an if, I mean, granted, you, you love both Xenoblades and, and whatnot, but if Xenoblade Chronicles 2 ends up being an excellent game, between Xenoblade, Zelda, Splatoon, and Mario. There's at least one of those four games you probably think is freaking awesome. Yeah. And, and even then, we're getting stuff like stuff we didn't expect, like Mario and Rabbids. Yeah, Mario and Rabbids along the way. A Doom port that, like, is making people excited about Doom from the middle of last year again. Which is which is really cool. I, I love was, Doom. There was there was a bunch of stuff in Doom that I didn't realize that had been added to the game until I played it on Switch. Like what? Like Am I, the, is it the arcade? Uh, no, it's like it's on the front menu. The arcade mode. What what is the arcade mode? Uh, basically, you you take a Doom a portion of the map and you basically do score attack with it. Of and a you get player map. No, just single player. Huh. And you, I, th- I think there might be leaderboards for it, but I'm not. I didn't really bother to check. But yeah, you can just run through, and there's even like a multiplier system to help you get the uh, the really high scores. Awesome. Yeah. Apparently, that got added in a patch somewhere along the line, and I totally missed it. Very nice. Very nice. So the telethon is coming up on December second, the day after Xenoblade comes out. It's gonna be an all-day thing. We're gonna have all kinds of panels. It's for child's play, doing it for the kids. We're gonna have all kinds of panels, uh, excuse me, segments. I'm gonna be producing it. Donald's gonna be producing it. Neil and James are gonna have a hand in it. Uh, Donald and I are going to be doing a Pokemon Ultra Sun postmortem. Uh, I have a guest lined up. I'm still waiting to finalize it. It's the best guest possible for a segment like this short of like satoshi tajiri or Janichi masuda like the best uh non pokemon developing publishing person i would say to be on this segment with us 
Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to I'm ready to start as soon as this thing unlocks. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been playing it. I, I think we I think we can talk about the games we've been playing. Um I have a review in progress of Pokemon Ultra Sun up on the website. And the spoiler embargo is gonna be unlocking an hour after we finish this. So I'm only gonna say the stuff that is currently in this article. But the one thing I'm going to say above all else about this game, if there's one thing I can tell you about Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, they are third version games. They are not Black 2, White 2. They are third version games. The story, uh, most of it's untouched. The back part is has a lot more stuff in it. It utilizes the cover, the would-be cover legendary that's not in the game otherwise. And... It has post-game updates in the same way the third versions of all the other games had post-game updates. Hmm. Except they they left it. They um. I wonder if they left out the most prominent one that people would want in a third version, the one that was in emerald and platinum. Are you thinking of? Well, I'm actually I'm going to leave that hanging. We can we can talk about it next week when when we're playing it. Hey, um, to me, it's already a better version of the game just because you can get Mewtwo. So. Yeah, I think that part of the game I'm a little iffy on. I I think back to... So, one, I think Mewtwo is one of the best legendaries out of Pokemon's 40, 50 legendary-type, mythical-type, ultra-beast-type Pokemon they have. But I think back to Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, the games that basically let you get a buttload of legendaries way too easily, and it kind of took away some of the the value. So I, I haven't experienced it yet. So like, I'm not, I'm not at a point where I can talk about that and I wouldn't be able to talk about it regardless, but that's my main fear about that. Um, I don't know. I'm guessing you didn't like Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire either, Justin. No, I really didn't like those games. I didn't like them the first time. In fact, when the originals came out, it really hurt my joy of Pokemon for a long time until uh, they remade the original games with Fire Red and Leaf Green. Uh, I just, just to like, I've covered this before, but the reason I really didn't like uh, Ruby and Sapphire when they came out was, first of all, it made all of your previous progress in the Pokemon series void completely, and then you're sent to this new region with mostly new Pokemon, and it had very few of the creatures I remember liking. So you're going, through, it was like almost like a reboot of the series on all fronts and i think that really impacted the series negatively and that's probably why they've not done that since it's the mechanics that were established in those games are basically the same mechanics they have now yeah i i mean we've talked about our differences on gen 3 numerous times on numerous uh formats on the website which is which is whatever everyone to each their own um I think the odd generations have been really interesting in this series. It feels like two, four, six have all been like the mm, two and four iterative. and six it felt well, somewhat iterative. Six, I, I, although, I like. I have some hesitations on. Yeah, four. Although four is the one that brought in a lot of a lot of the things that we finally wanted, like you know, special physical smooth split and online play. But compared to those, at least, 3, 5, and 7, 
have felt like darn near reboots for the series. I would say uh, three because it did everything completely differently on the music stylistic, a uh, world building story front that the, that the two games before it haven't done. And the core game structure was just so different that it was physically impossible to carry over that data from for at least in 2002 to carry data from the old games over. Right. Which doesn't mean your complaints are invalid, Justin. It just means like the games are so different and that speaks to it. No, I understand why they did it. It makes, makes perfect sense to me i just think it sucks sure sure uh five is a reboot revisited. huh and i just i was just thinking back to an old because i was pretty heavily in the pokemon community around the time that ruby and sapphire were coming out in japan and i just remember the one thread that ended up being renamed to butterfree's cheapness revisited because mm. there was this giant debate about oh can we use the old pokemon because we know they have move sets in the game they're just not accessible right now yeah this was yeah. before Fire Red and Leaf Green were a thing. Right. Five was a reboot because he, the whole pre-game or the whole main game, you could not catch an old Pokemon whatsoever, which is a very your mileage may vary kind of thing. I think five is one of my favorite gens for some reason. It's one it's many people's least favorite gens for that very reason. Um, I, I, I was also a big fan of the story of Pokemon Black and White, I think that's the best story that the series has had, I think, to any extent, um, personally. Gen 6 and 7 almost felt like two reboots in a row, in a weird way. Or, like, Gen 6 was, like, a half reboot in its new 3D engine, but, like, the gameplay was very safe. And then Gen 7 was just a total reboot. Uh, It looks like a 3D JRPG. Uh, It's throwing away HMs, uh, blowing out the TMs. uh, Throwing away the gym format. Throwing away the gym format. Sort of doing, playing with the story a little bit more. Playing with what a Pokemon is and isn't a little bit more. Um, I, I almost think, like, Pokemon Sun was the Breath of the Wild Super Mario Odyssey moment for the Pokemon series. Mm. Granted, I'm not saying it's as good as those two games. But I think the same spirit that created Pokemon Sun was probably similar to the energy that created Breath of the Wild and Odyssey. Hmm. I wonder if we're going to see another one of those then with with the next Pokemon game since they're going to be on Switch. I think so. And, I think, and by yeah. necessity, they're going to have to do some serious revamping. Yeah, one of the things, and I've talked about this before, I don't know to you guys or not, that bothers me about Pokemon at this point in time is it's not snappy enough. It replays that same animation of like starting the battle and throwing the Pokemon out there, and that just wastes so much time to me, and I wish I could just speed that up maybe 99%, just make it bam, 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 and then I make my choices. I, I really don't like all the time wasting that's in Pokemon right now. I just want to be jammed into that gameplay immediately and out and get rid of that fluff that ends up being a huge, when it adds up, think of how many times you get in battles, it's probably adds hours to your gameplay for almost no reason. So Fire Emblem, Codename Steam update style of yeah, like... I, well, one of the first things I do when I start a new Pokemon game is I increase the tech speed to the maximum, first of all, and I like the battle animations, so I leave them on, but I'd like to have faster battle animations too, like... I want the battle animations, but like maybe if I hold L or R or something and it speeds them up, that'd be nice. Yeah, it's it's hard because 
but those games pushed the 3ds to their limit so yeah. hard that they were already slowing down and it's oh, yeah. normal speed i yeah, would so, yeah, understand the technical limitations that's why i'm hoping on switch they can finally just make the game in general much snappier than it is now or sometimes it's like oh i could be so much further i could be doing some something so much faster if it just let me yeah yeah i agree i and i i think the, what i would add to that is decidui the uh the grass type final starter i'm playing as him in ultrasun and i'm using his z move and z moves are so long that after i see them a couple times 70 percent of the time i just want to skip it so i can like keep the battle going the, yeah. the, that's that final fantasy summon effect in action i think yeah yeah i'm like played, okay when i played sun and moon i don't think i used a z move at all except for one point i'm like uh you know i, I should probably try a z move and then i did it yeah i i still think mega evolutions were one of the best things to happen to that series and i'm so sad they threw them away mm. yeah and, they, and they're trying to make it look bad now too with the pokedex entries for mega evolve pokemon mm-hmm. wait what do you mean um have you read some of the because mega evolve pokemon and sun and moon get separate pokedex entries and like every single one of them mentions like the Pokemon is in severe pain when they mega evolve. Really? Yeah, it's kind of dark, and they don't like, look like it. Yeah, but it, it 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 could just I mean it could just be the Rodon decks trolling you, which that probably could happen. But most of that game is dark Pokedex entries of like Pokemon eating other Pokemon. And like, what happens when they die? Like, like, there's way too many dark Pokédex entries in that game. By which I mean just enough dark Pokédex entries in that game. Mm, delicious, creepy pasta. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So that's that's Ultra Sun. I'm still working on it. I'll have much more to say next week when I actually can can chew into the post game some. Boom! You guys were talking about that. Uh, Donald, you played now or Justin? You played a little more than that. Uh. I think maybe like three, four hours maybe. I got through the first two levels, but I've been taking my time looking for secrets and stuff. Mm. You, you like it? Uh, I do like what I've played so far. Uh, it really makes me wish I could play the first two Dooms on Switch. That'd be cool if I could download mm -hmm. those. Yeah. Because uh, I grew up with Doom. I remember when Wolfenstein 3D came out, that was like mind-blowing, like a first-person shooting game like that it was the first one I ever saw and then Doom came out shortly after and that was like an upgrade on it and yeah so I have some nostalgic feelings toward Doom and this new game is cool I like it it's not the same as the old Doom but I'm having fun with it mm -hmm. and, and you Don? Uh, it's pretty much the same thing that I played last year and Doom was in my top 10 last year I'm not really noticing a difference point between playing it on a PS4 and playing it on in, even in TV mode on my Switch. But I do look forward to the ability to be able to blast people on the go. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I can justify buying this game at $60, but I really want to play handheld Doom. And I really want to play that VR Doom game too. But, Justin, I think you're going to have good fun with the with the secrets in that game. I don't know oh, if you've I, found I, any I, I yet. Found secret and it looked like the uh i entered a room that looked like the original doom and i remember that area i think it was from the first or second level and, okay and I yeah was like, oh yeah this 
can we can we just get this whole game revamped to look like this? Because I'd probably be loving it. So. Well, do you know what happens when? Uh, did you get the unlock that happens in that room? Uh, possibly. Uh, I just finished that level, so I haven't checked any. Uh, I don't. It's probably a spoiler because it's twenty sixteen think... Doom. But there's <laughs> in that room you get something that gives you basically exactly what you just asked for. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, I, but I think you need to find it. I don't know if you get it automatically. Donald, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. Uh, at the very least, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Justin, after you beat the game, look into that. Because what you want, like if you want like a really hard classic style Doom level, there are a lot of those actually that you can get. Yeah, and one thing I do miss about this doom is I can't enter my cheat codes. Where's ID God mode and the wall clipping and all that fun stuff? ID Cafe, ID D. Yeah, I used to goof around in Doom quite a bit. Yeah, in my younger years. New Doom is awesome. I no, think no, I think no, that no, story no. campaign's great. And, uh, yeah, I do like how in this Doom it really pushes you to be aggressive and like a lot of first person shooter games I'm hanging back and just like picking things off luring things out one by one but in Doom here it really rewards you for just diving in and trying to get those uh, super kills or what, what do they call them glory kills glory kills yeah, yeah and giving you health for that it, it, I think it's a good balance they figured out how to prevent people from just hiding because I know in the original Doom I'd be like luring people down a corridor like just to get them out of the way and picking them off one by one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this game really rewards you to be aggressive and go out there and just destroy everything. Honestly, yeah, rip and tear. Yeah, it's a it's a modern shooter made like an old shooter, and I think they pull it off way better than they have any right to, and way better than you would expect from it in Bethesda, and way better than I thought Wolfenstein did it a few years ago, but. Old Wolfenstein, well, old new Wolfenstein, is still is still a good new game in its own right. But good, 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 good. Uh, last thing I want to talk about: Rocket League. How is it? Um, I'm fa- this is the first time I've ever played Rocket League, and I know a lot of people have hyped it up. And so far, I'm not really seeing what the hype is about. To be honest with you, mm. I mean. It reminds me a lot of Blast Ball, which it should. Uh, it doesn't see. It seems like a lot of the game. Maybe you need to get better at it. Maybe I need to get better at it or whatever. But it seems like a lot of the game comes down to just being in the right place at the right time. And there's so, such a huge luck factor to that because the ball's bouncing all over the place. So I don't know. I don't know how to get better at that game. To be honest with you, it just seems like a lot of random things. And every once in a while, it'll all come together for you, and you might score, do a nice save or something. But I, I honestly don't see what all the hype's about right now. Okay. And do you agree with this, Donald? Uh, I've, I mean, I my experience with Rocket League is basically I claimed it on Plus. I do want to get it at some point because it seems like it'd be a blast to play it locally, especially with uh, my local crew, but I just haven't gotten around to picking it up yet. Just this week is just absolutely insane with the number of games that are coming out. It's sort of giving me paralysis, especially since I have to play like two games for the telephone and another game to review. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
feel like that covers everything. It's 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 soccer. It's it's car soccer. I think car uh, soccer. you played it before, Alex. I've played the PS Plus one for all of a few matches. I did not have great internet at the time I played it. Now I do have good internet, but I don't know. I played it. It was fun for a couple matches. I'm not a multiplayer guy usually, so I don't know. It's it's I I don't have anything to say against what you said. It just it seems like car soccer. And yep. car soccer is a great idea for a video game. I'm just not sure it's a game for me. Yeah, that's basically where I'm at. I'm glad I tried it. Uh, I'll probably goof around with it some more, but hope I get more into it. But right now, I'm just kind of all right. Yeah. This is this is what that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can find donald terrio on twitter at donald mick d-o-n-a-l-d-m-i-c-k he has also been playing super beat sonic uh almost forgot donald give me give me a 30 second something on it uh good music uh the controls are i've been confused a few too many times if you can play i'd i'd still say it's worth playing but you may want to look into options for symmetrical control sticks like the not even the pro controller is going to help you here. So it doesn't control great. Well, because what you're because the win that game, you're trying to hit beats, and some of them are like up or down on the deep on the directional buttons or the face buttons, or an analog stick, and when they're offset like they are on this on the default pro controller or the Joy-Con grip, it can really throw you off. It's throwing me off quite a bit. Okay. I, I played it on Vita. It seemed like an alright rhythm game back then. Yeah. No, I, I played it on Vita too, and that's so I was interested to see how it held up on on Switch and it's same same game. I I'm I'm even getting even more into it because there were some things that I didn't even realize were in the Vita version that are in this game now, but just the control issues are lowering my scores dramatically. When I play, when I finish the song. What was the one that came out before Super Beat Sonic? What was the last Vita game that was actually like really good? Was that was it DJ Max Technic Tune? Yeah, that's. I, I still I've been looking for that, but apparently the publisher for it went under, so it's it's always been forty five bucks. Yeah, yeah, and actually, I think Super Beat Sonic was the first game by the people who collapsed after Technic Tune. God, that that's one of the best games on Vita. I think I uh, I actually got a review code for that long, long time ago when that came out. Uh, that that game was so good. Anyways, anyways, that's beside the point. Donald Mick on Twitter. Uh, listen to No Free Time Radio, his other podcast, NFR podcast on Twitter. Justin Berube, a King Nintendo fan at King Nintendo fan on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Kulafia C U L A F I A. Uh, do the telethon. Donate to the telethon. And any any donation that we get before the first of December, up to two thousand dollars is going to get maxed or matched by a, a very friendly listener. So if you if you donate early, you're doubling your chances of getting all the all the segments unlocked. And I, for one, am very curious to see what John and James' segment is going to look like this year, especially considering it's like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, that one's going to be real, real good. Because there's going to be prizes you can win too, right? Oh, yeah. The Carmine's, 
Carmine's pride list is belligerent and numerous. Yeah, I mean, uh, I sent yeah. him a package about a year ago that he just found a few months ago. He's like, oh, I forgot I got this. He cracked it open. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, yeah. Definitely check it out for many reasons. Donate. And it's going to be a good time. Yeah. yeah. All right. Have a good night, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye.